I'm co-host James Ash. And I'm co-host Phil Scaife. Welcome to The Business Lockdown. So welcome to The Business Lockdown. Mr. Chris Reed uh, joins us from Saigon in Vietnam. Welcome. Thanks for joining us today. Pleasure, James. Great to be here. Yeah, well, Chris, Chris is owner, founder of Ardor SEO. Now it, it, it says what it, it, it does, what it says on the tin, SEO services. Uh, also, reputation management, which I'm really keen uh, to delve into a little bit. Uh, on his website, he's, he's, uh, he's got an array of podcasts. So uh, we've got a, a pro podcaster here joining us today. And also, it says a couple of months away from creating his own podcast channel, which will be great to, to find out more. So, Chris, welcome. First of all, why, why, why Vietnam? Originally from Brisbane, Australia, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I haven't, I'm originally from Brisbane, but I haven't lived there in about 13, 14 years now. It's 15, maybe. Geez, I'm getting old. <laughs> uh, lived, lived in Europe and worked in finance until the global financial crisis came around and stole my job, which turned out to be a bit right. of a blessing in disguise. I yeah, was, you know, what the hell am I meant to do with the rest of my life? I started building a game out of just because I was a computer geek. And as the game came to fruition, I was like, well, how the hell do you get people to a website to play it? Started learning about SEO and went, man, that is amazing. You know, I quickly ditched the game and went full, full ho into ranking websites and been doing that ever since. Wow. Okay. So, and is it... Has it always been? Uh, has it always been Vietnam, or have you uh, have you you spent time in other parts of Southeast yeah, Asia? Yeah. So, so first, uh, I've stayed in Cambodia for a while, uh, which I really, really enjoyed living in Cambodia. But then moved to Philippines to open our office in the Philippines and lived there for quite a number of years, and then went back to Cambodia because it's such a lovely country. But uh, I found that I found myself kind of being a bit stifled in Phnom Penh because it's a bit of a small city and you know you kind of feel like a you know the big fish in a small pond uh and so i moved just 278 kilometers down the road to saigon vietnam which is you know a massive city on a global scale and you know being in a big city just so many more opportunities like you know so many people to inspire you and and learn from so yeah i'm very happy here and there's a if I'm if I'm right, there's a celebration today. It's a very special holiday in, in Vietnam's annual calendar. It is indeed. It's a unification day. So this is the this is the day when the North Vietnamese, after the war, came down and renamed Saigon Ho Chi Minh City and put the country back together. So yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a celebration nationwide. Well, and how how different as today's celebrations? Uh, compared to previous years of celebration. I imagine things are slightly different with the current COVID climate. Yeah, well, I mean, like, Vietnam did such an amazing job with the COVID uh, crisis that they're opening up the country already. Uh, there's only 278 cases in total, and they haven't had a new one in, like, a week or so. Did just such an amazing job. Uh, so cafes and restaurants opened about a week ago. Bars just opened like two days ago, but they're only allowed maximum 20 people in them. Schools right. are opening next week uh, and we're slowly getting back to back to normal. Like they've really done a fabulous job here. Wow. So that's, I mean, that kind of, that imagery, that, that vision, it, it almost seems like a couple of two or three months away from from how the UK, you know, where the UK may be at. What was that, what was that like a week ago when, when that changed? Did everybody... 
rush out and embrace that. No, everyone's been really timid as to going going out. Like I, I went to a shopping mall a week ago and I went and it just felt like really weird. Like <laughs> this is a surreal experience. And <laughs> still everyone wears face masks and there's, you know, uh, alcohol to wash your hands everywhere. So that everyone's very cautious. And I think that that's half the reason why Vietnam was so successful. Like even where I, I live near a really nice canal and go walking every morning and, you know, everyone was, you know, two meters apart, like wouldn't go near each other. They'd give each other lots of room. So yeah, I think that's what really, everyone taking it super seriously stopped the spread. Interesting. And let's talk, let's talk business. So you're, you're Asian based. Do you work, you work on a global scale? Would I be right um, in thinking? We, we particularly work with Australian and US companies. Uh, I prefer US companies because they pay in US dollars. Uh, Australian companies like to use AUD and the Aussie dollar has taken a hiding in the last couple of years. So it makes things more expensive for them. And Sorry, but Brits are just a pain to work with, so we don't we don't tend to do much much, much work in the UK. I apologise on behalf of the, uh, <laughs> of the pain in the ass Brits, Chris. But uh, yeah, tell us about SEO. You know, people search engine optimization. How has that differed over over recent years? You know, and has there been any changes recently with within this global pandemic that that everybody's felt the pinch? Yeah, so it's still a, a concept that people don't really understand. If they did, they'd already be doing it. Uh, SEO is this technical, crappy, boring sounding name. Like, and you'll notice on our website that, yeah, our domain name is Art or SEO, so it does tell you what we do. But our messaging is all about growing your business and getting more customers, getting your message in front of your ideal customer. And that's what we try to explain people to people. You know, it's like, where does anyone go when they're looking for a new product and service? You know, they don't go to Facebook, they don't go to YouTube, they go to Google and type whatever the hell they're looking for. And you know, they're either going to find you or they're going to find your competition. And so you should really hope that they're going to find you. You know, it, it really breaks my heart that web designers, you know, they're still taking people's money, building beautiful websites that make people no money at all. Like one of our newer customers, he previously spent $20,000 building a website that generated no leads and no customers. And it's like, it doesn't have to be like that. Like you don't need to spend $20,000 to not make any money. Like just go to the pub. It's going to be way more fun, you know, and, you, and you, you'll get a better return. Where like, you know, web design is good at making beautiful websites, but beautiful websites don't sell things. Words are what sell things. And people need to find those words. If they're not getting to your website, it doesn't matter. And unless you're a, you know, a photographer or a web designer, your website doesn't even have to look beautiful. Who cares? It needs to say what you do. It needs to say it very clever, like clearly. Like that's why you know classic brand names like Johnny's Plumbing or Art or SEO. It tells you what they do. You know, you, you don't want to have a brand name that is cute and clever. Having something like Starbucks. I mean, you got you got to like work extra hard to get people to know what that is, you know, like mm -hmm. where like cost to coffee, you have a much better idea of what they do. <laughs> so it just, it gives your marketing a little bit easier, but you know, the whole point of a website is one to get people there, clearly explain exactly what it, what it is so that they can arrive at your site and understand that what they're doing there straight away and then how they can take action, you know, invite them to like click on a button and say, Hey, call now. If you're a plumber, like book a book a quote or 
here's, a, here's what you need to do to work with me. And then you show them that you're an expert, you, you solve their problem and boom, you make money. It's, it's really not as difficult as it might sound. Well, we, we spoke to Tony and Martin from Move Ahead Media, uh, based in Bangkok, and they were the guys who, uh, who, who brought you forward and, and uh, yeah, got to thank them for, for you joining us today. And they, they were giving us some tips and tricks on people putting ads out via Google and if they're a UK, UK business, if it's UK plumbing business, but their ads are, you know, are reaching Australia, for example. It's just like, just, just cut that off because that's just wasted money. And there's, there's some really kind of quick, quick, easy wins when looking at people's websites. I mean, what, what, are, the, what are the mistakes that you find that, 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 that continue to be made by people when, you, when you're doing quick searches and, and looking at people's websites? The people don't think about their customer. Like, you know, if you're a plumber, it's pretty easy what you do and people understand that. Oh, my toilet's broken, I need a plumber. But often people don't, like if you've got a more complex business, then people don't know that you're the solution to that. Like, you know, I hate it when like business coach type people go, oh, that, what's the problem with your business? It's like, well, if people know what the problem is, then they'll, you can work out how to fix it. People generally don't know what their problem is. They're like, I've got a headache. I don't know, you know, how they, what, what am I going to do that? And that, these are the sort of keywords that people are searching for. And you need to kind of think one step ahead of what, what is it your customer is going to be searching for? You know, they're not, they don't know exactly what you do. So they need to like, you know, how to, how to get help. You know, like I've got a, I've got a leaky tap or I've got a broken toilet and you go, oh, plumber is the solution to that. Fantastic. You know, and then you, you, you lead them into that. So like really great marketing is, you know, showing people what the problem is, you know, explaining that you understand that problem. Great. You've got a leaky tap. I know how terrible having a leaky tap is. Uh, show that you're the solution to that. You know, this is how we fix that. You know, one, two, three, and away you go. And then talk about life afterwards. Imagine if your tap wasn't leaking, how good your life is going to be. Click this button and I'll fix it for you now. And yeah, that, that's, yeah, that's your easy sales process. But understanding what your customer is searching for is step one. And then, you know, you generally, most businesses aren't uh, re, you know, inventing the wheel, you know, so don't, you, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Just look at someone else's site. Like if you're an Italian restaurant, you're not the first Italian restaurant in the world. Search something like Italian restaurant New York or LA, which is going to be pretty competitive. Find the ones at the top. They're probably doing really well. See how their website is structured and do the same. You know, that's, that's as, as difficult as it needs to be. Be inspired. Would that be the right answer? <laughs> exactly. But, 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 but truthfully, uh, you really should just hire an agency. Like, I mean, I, I, I use a lawyer for my lawyering. I use an accountant for my accounting. Like, why the hell would you learn SEO yourself? It's like, yeah. you know, I don't actually do SEO. Our team of smart nerds do SEO. You know, I just talk about it. You know, like, and you, you realistically, you're not going to be better than them. And why would you want to be? Like, mm -hmm. focus on what you do. Like, you know, if you, you think about a lawyer, right? If you needed a lawyer, would you want one that is half good at lawyering and half good at SEO? Or do you want one that focuses completely on being a lawyer and uses an agency? You know, like it, it was, uh, who was it? It was uh, the Scottish Enlightenment in the 15th century, the Wealth of Nations by Adam Smith. You know, he said the wealth of, wealth of nations comes from the division of labor. And you know, that's a lesson that people are still learning today. Like focus doing what you're really good at 
and let other people do what they're really good at. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And, and we can often be guilty, can't we, of... Uh of being distracted, diverted, you know, being diverted our attention, a mm -hmm. shiny new thing that we want to have a look at, but essentially, you know, yes, let, let the people do what they're, what they're good at doing. Um, reputation management, I'm curious, you know, uh, uh, tell us a bit more about that, about that that you offer as a service. Yeah, well, I mean, especially if you're selling a high-end product, right? Like it's, if you're selling a widget for $5, then no one really cares that much. But if you're, selling a course for a thousand dollars or you know you know someone's engaging your service it's going to be fifty thousand dollars over the year then you want to have a glamouring you know reputation and people will look at you and see who you are so it's nice to like own that you want to make sure that you know just just last night i was talking to the pr rep of a, a professional football player in the us and it's like he doesn't even rank in the front in the front page for his name like it's all espn and you know other sites that he doesn't own and it's like man you you know you own your own domain name that has your name in it it's like you should be number one and own that you know his exact name would have 22,000 searches every month and unfortunately I wasn't able to to convince the PR lady because he's like well he doesn't make any money from his website and I'm like there's this thing called a Q score that celebrities use in the, in the US and it's like the higher your Q score the the more valuable you are as a celebrity. And I'm like, and there's his exact name, there's 22,000 people a month serves that. Like all the derivatives of it, of like his net worth and his wife. And you know, that's gotta be like a hundred thousand searches a month. It's like, sh surely you can make a few bucks off that by owning, owning that traffic. But she, yeah, she, she couldn't see it. <laughs> wow, and, that, and this is, this is a, who works on behalf of him for PR, right? Yeah, yeah. Wow, okay, that, that's very interesting. I mean, something like that, you've got to really, really understand the long game. You know, you're not going to be a, you're not going to be playing football and earning money on the pitch forever. Uh, so it's just like, yeah, so start now and build, you know, build your personal brand. You know, that's, that's, that's the, the guy actually is a presenter now. He isn't, I, I don't think he's a pro, like plays anymore. He is a presenter for ESPN. And those right. are well, other keywords that we were looking at for like, you know, best ESPN presenter. And it's like, you know, you should have your, your boy at the, at the top of those. That's going to be worth a fortune to him. Yeah, but people people don't understand these things because it is still so new. She was an older lady that is used to, you know, working in TV and radio and not used to the internet. Interesting, mm, interesting. Well, you've uh, on your website you've got a, a, a rather large back catalogue of podcasts. Do you want to give us some insight into? You've been a guest many times, and then we'll. Uh, I'm really interested in, in in learning more about your uh, your your podcast that you're developing yourself. Channel. Yeah, for sure. So like many years ago, I, I used to do a lot of podcasting and being a guest and I kind of gave up on it uh, really because I didn't know how to use podcasts effectively to generate leads. Uh, and I went, yeah, this is kind of a, not a good use of my time. Uh, and so I stopped doing it. But then I learned more about marketing and went, ah, oh, you can build sales funnels and you can offer things on podcasts and you can generate leads that way. And one thing that and one thing that we uh, even do now with our old podcasts is we do single page optimizations for the old uh, hosts to rank their website for the episode that I was on and have you know our lead magnet on there. 
like, uh, so one that we did recently, I think it was like four years ago that I was a guest on our podcast. Uh, so we did a single page optimization on, on that episode. So it's ranking now and generating us leads. Plus she's a customer now. She went, that's so awesome that you did that. And here's a whole chunk of money, you know, do it for the rest of our website. So that was a win. Plus now it's generating us leads forever. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's really worth doing that. But yeah, like, uh, we've been getting so much value out of podcasts, like, uh, well, generating us customers from the hosts. Like I talk about SEO and tell the hosts how we work and they go, man, can you do that for me? And I'm like, yeah, we can do that for you. And they go, cool, here's some money. And it's so like, just out of that, it's certainly worth me being a guest on podcasts. But uh, it just re recently, so one of my friends who's a, a director, he's been working with, working with us for years. He's a, a, a TV director for NBC and has been for like 20 years. He's, you know, really, uh, has a lot of experience. He's like, man, why don't you have a podcast? I'm like, ah, I've been it's so much work, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I'll produce it for you. It'll be fine. You know, you just like do the talking. You're good at that. I'm like, all right, fine. And uh, so we've been doing research in it. And like one thing with podcasters is they don't know how to get traffic. Like, uh, you know, I, I see a lot, a lot of these podcasts and, you know, obviously there's, there's massive ones like, you know, Joe Rogan and Mike McCallitz and that sort of stuff. But even uh, small ones where they get, you know, just a couple hundred visitors a month to their website, these guys generate so many leads and, and all their business through the podcast because lots of other people share podcasts. And even if it's your target audience, you don't need that many people listening. Like we uh, work a lot with real estate people and it's like if you've got a handful of people listening to it and you generate one customer, that's, that's a worth your effort, right? And certainly the same with us as well. But uh, the, the, what we want to do different with our podcast is, uh, and I'm speaking to the first 10 guests at the moment, is work with them to develop lead magnets. So, because most podcasts don't know how to generate traffic and then they don't know how to generate leads from that traffic. So we're speaking to uh, the guests to work out what of value can they provide the, the audience. <laughs> so, you know, like an intro to their book or, you know, a guide on how to do whatever, you know, whatever their specialty is. And so that's what we'll uh, put the show around and that's what we'll SEO optimize that page for. And so even if one episode just ranks for you know, 100 searches a month, you know, but it generates you 100 visitors a month, every month, forever, you know, like that's 1,200 visitor, visitors a, a year. And so even if you've got a crappy 5% conversion rate, that's what? Uh, 120, it's like 60, 60 leads a year. Like that's worth two hours of your time, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, so what, what, based on that, what are you, uh, you going very focused with your podcast in terms of a theme, a topic or broad and, and, so you can interview anybody and everybody? How does that look? Yeah, yeah a little bit different. So we're like a, a really great book that I read recently was uh, Never Eat Alone by something Farazi. Uh, he used to be the digital mar marketing manager of Deloitte. So he kind of knows what, he, what he's talking about. And it's all about the power of networking. And one of the key takeaways I got from the book is like, find the super connectors, you know, find the people that know everyone and connect with them. And like, there's so much value in that. Like there's this woman who's a profit first professional that 
I connected with on Facebook and like she has just connected us with so many people like she's just fabulous uh, and she's an she's an accountant our profit first accountant and you know one of the, one of the times I was speaking with her you know she said like people don't understand just how good accounting can be like how good your books can be and how powerful that can be for your business so I mean, yeah that, that's that's kind of true it's like people don't understand how powerful SEO is at growing your business. You, know, you just don't know what you don't know. And mm -hmm. like they're, they're the sort of people that, uh, that we want to have on that have really awesome industry knowledge to uncover, you know, for her to explain, this is how damn good it can be, what, what good books look like, and then have a lead magnet of giving someone some information. You know? who, who would be your ultimate guest? Who would you know if, if somebody could say right? I can get you anybody in the world. Who who is that guest? Who would you who yeah, would you I, love to to chat with? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, like I I like people that are passionate business folk that like helping other entrepreneurs. Like like I mean this this woman like one she's super hardworking. Uh, she's not famous, but you know anyone that you speak to that that knows her is like man, she just provides so much value for people. And so they're the people that, you know, I'm, I'm more interested in speaking with. Like, uh, I've, I mean, we, we work with some big, big name podcasters as well. And I mean, they, they are, they are very nice people, but it always gets a bit weird when you're, when you're talking about celebrity, because it's like, I don't know, because you don't kind of ask them the same things that you ask other people. You know, it's like, yeah. oh, can you introduce me to this person or that? And it's like, oh, I don't know, Is it, what's that worth to you? And it's always like, all oh, right. So, I don't know, I just want to kind of work with the normal people. <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's go back a little bit to, to being in Southeast Asia. And uh, what's, the pro what's the pros and cons? So, would it be right to title you as a digital nomad? Would that be I'm that not be very fair? nomadic at all, so not really. <laughs> no. I mean, me and my dog went for a ride on the motorbike this afternoon. I mean, is that nomadic? <laughs> What, what are the pros and cons to be working digitally, remotely uh, in Southeast Asia? Yeah, I mean, like, uh, you know, you hear, well, you, life here is nice. I have a maid that comes and looks after me every day. I mean, that's alone is very nice. Uh, I live in a massive city of 9 million people, but I can walk pretty much everywhere I need to go. I mean, my office is on the next street. I walk over there. I walk to the shop, I walk to yoga, like it's great. I'd have a push bike if I'm going a little bit further away. <laughs> yeah, but like cost effectiveness, it's, you know, the value for money in, in Vietnam is amazing. You know, different countries are different. Like uh, Cambodia is actually more expensive than Vietnam, uh, mainly because they use the US dollar there and the US dollars increased in, in value. And so things have got more expensive where they have the dong here, Vietnamese dong, which no one wants. And so it's a very undervalued currency and makes life here really, really affordable. It's, it's great. Makes it hard to go anywhere else. You're like, oh my God, it's so expensive. <laughs> do you still, do they still have in the city where they, they'll have a, a keg of beer and they'll, they'll put some plastic stools around. And I, I bought, I bought, cheapest beer and the cheapest round ever when I was in Ho Chi Minh City. I think it was, we were round and we were people that we just met and I think it was maybe 26 people and I was uh, I'll, I'll get this round and it was less than two quid. It was yeah. less than two pounds. Do they still yeah. do that? Do they still get the kegs and open up shops and 
put some stools around or is that I mean there's, 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 I've not seen that myself I mean there's lots of like just sit, sit down on the street corner but usually drinking bottled beer though and yeah you a cheap place it's about 50 cents at a at a more expensive on the street place it's about a dollar so yeah it's a it, you, you can certainly get good uh, good amount of beer for your money. <laughs> we uh, what what would you say uh, in comparison with with somewhere like Bangkok? Uh, we were speaking with Tony and Martin getting an insight, and the the cost of living there certainly risen. And they said that it's not too far away from being a first world city. Uh, how, how does how how would you say that that Bangkok uh, differs to to Ho Chi Minh City? Yeah, Bangkok is more modern than Saigon, uh, so yeah, it's it's more expensive. Uh, there's more traffic too, which is meh. Uh, yeah, here's a little bit more laid back, I think, um, and and better value. Uh, I mean, it's still a massive city with you know you can have anything you want. Like if you want to go and spend, you know, $200 on a bottle of wine at a fancy restaurant, you can do that. You know, you can go to a rooftop bar and spend $20 on a cocktail. It's like, there's, there's, there's all of that. Uh, probably not as much as there is in Bangkok. Um, it, that's not really my scene. So I, 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 don't, I don't really know so much, but uh, I mean, I've, I've had plenty of beers with uh, Tony Martin, but they, they, they were often by their, the lake near their house. So it was a, and, and they were paying, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and how do you how do you keep yourself in check, uh, both physically and mentally, in, uh, in in that part of the world? Have you got uh, a normal routine, and 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 has that routine differed greatly since since the COVID nineteen uh, impact? Uh, yeah, I mean it, it it has for sure. Um, I mean, yeah. So I mean, I wake up every morning at five thirty, and you know, I write my journal. Uh, read my daily stoic which is the the best book i've been reading that i think four or five years now it's a fabulous book uh take my dog for a walk and go go to work which is the next street over but um we used to have a full office full of people but then uh we weren't allowed to have people in the office and so it was just me and our seo team lead were sneaking in we weren't still weren't meant to be there but yeah nothing who's going to tell <laughs> but uh yeah like i mean i, I usually go to a yoga class every day, but all the studios have been closed down. So I've been practicing at home, which takes a lot more mental discipline. And you know, it's like when you've got a teacher, it's easy, you can just turn up and they-, they Accountability, they right? Yeah, Accountability exactly. is key. <laughs> and and uh, I imagine you've been, you've got family and friends in Australia. Have you been connecting on a, uh, been connecting regularly with those guys? And, because we hear there's been a very low low number of cases there. It seems that the, the Australia have managed it incredibly well, and and we've recently heard that New Zealand have, have completely got rid of COVID nineteen. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I spoke to my sister this afternoon, and she uh, she's like, yeah, it's going to be at least another month before the kids can go back to school. I right. like, yeah, it's been three months already that the kids have not been in school here. Parents are going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Very, very true. So how does the future look like for you in terms of business and also personally? Is, uh, you, do you see yourself uh, in the city long term? Uh, you know, yes. Yeah, so, so like when this whole crisis uh, started happening, I freaked out a bit like everyone does. I ha actually had a call with Martin Finn uh, and he really gave me a good uh, pep talk. It's like, you know, the world's not going to end. You'll survive uh, and you'll, you'll probably come out of this stronger. 
Uh, we lost a few clients right at the start, which really made me nervous. I'm like, oh crap, like you lose some clients. It's like, how many are we gonna lose? Like, are we gonna be able to replace them? And you know, it was, it was a bit scary, but then yeah, we got, a, got our first new customer and I was like, oh, look, we still can get new customers. And like just this afternoon, I spent the afternoon in the park. I came back and we got two new customers while I was away. And like, you know, like happy days. Like <laughs> it's, it, and they're, they're, they're big customers. I, just after I have a call with you, I'm doing a strategy delivery with a, with a, you know, a super big customer that like does all the decorating for Walmart. They're like massive. So like, there's, there's plenty of money to be had out there. Like, you just got to go and look for it. There's, you know, people that live on the breadline, yeah, they're, they're going to be doing it tough. And, you know, if they're your customers, then you're going to be doing it tough. But there's plenty of people that have cash reserves and this is the time to be, you know, using those cash, cash reserves to be buying up the world and, you know, go and, go and work with those people because, yeah. <laughs> It's a, it's a good time for it. And, and personally, do you see yourself, you know, geographically where, where you're at? Um, I'm, a, I'm really happy in Saigon. I, I, I can't see myself leaving here anytime soon. Like the weather's beautiful all the time. Uh, it's, I mean, I'm, I'm vegan and I live in like Veganville. Like there's every temple has a Kom Chai around, which is like the local Vietnamese vegan food. And it's, amazing like it's it's yeah it's, it's real because the, the buddhism here it's not like the buddhism in thailand where they uh the buddhists don't eat eat, eat meat so that, that's a that's a nice thing <laughs> right interesting um yeah. well where before i wrap up chris where can people find you where can we where, where can we direct our audience towards you, you could just go to google and type the coolest guy in seo and uh, you'll see my <laughs> you'll see my pretty face all over the place <laughs> People like that. What's it? Outdoor SEO.com? Outdoor SEO. So outdoor means like to do something with a fiery passion. So that's, uh, that's, that's how we like to roll. I like that. And socials, you're on social media? And, and what's it? Social media. Where can, where can people find you? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not the most social media savvy guy, but uh, I mean, if you, if you do Google Coolest Guy in SEO, you'll, you'll see a few social channels there. LinkedIn's probably the, the most social one I get at. <laughs> Awesome. Well, Chris Reed, it's been a pleasure. I'll, uh, we, we will certainly look forward to uh, connecting with you more, especially in the next coming months as we come out of this COVID-19 phase that, that many of us around the world find ourselves in. And um, I'm also curious as well that you're feeding, I'm sure you'll be, uh, be wanting to feed back some, some stats based on, on the work that we've done together on today's show as well. So I'll be, <laughs> be curious to, to see how that looks. Pleasure having you on board, Chris, and uh, we'll certainly speak soon. Cheers, James. Thank you so much for joining us on the Business Lockdown. Please comment, like, share and subscribe to help build our global community. We look forward to seeing you all soon.